Hey, it's Tony. On today's show, we'll talk to Steve Sands about whether the Phoenix Open has gotten too rowdy. And we'll talk to Louisa Thomas, a writer for The New Yorker, about the Taylor Swift effect. But first, we got to keep the sales weasels happy. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. For people who bet with us, Chuck Todd won, finished the year 84-60-3. The Monkey lost, 26-36-2. Jeff Ma had a bad day, 0-4-1, if I read these prop bets correctly, but still had a winning record, 55-53-3. Carville killed it. Carville was 5-1. Oh, he has the system. Uh, I have a tanky bar in ACL. (laughs) This... Is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So we're going to do a little inside baseball in the open today. A little inside baseball. Um, if you watch the PTI show, you know at the end of every show we have what are called the happies. There's a happy birthday, there's a happy anniversary, and there's a happy trails. <clears throat> I write all of them. I write the birthday and the anniversary the day before. Because they're not going to change. You can't write the trails till the day of. Sure. Because you got to know what happened last night. But I write the the birthday and the Annie the day before. And this is often in, consult, in consultation with Daniel Light. And so yesterday, he offered me some anniversaries. And one of them was Wayne Gretzky. And, and I wrote this, but it, it may, the, <clears throat> the show may change a little bit as a result of something that happened last night and how it affects Wayne Gretzky. It is this day, whenever it was, when he was with Edmonton 30x years ago, 40x years ago, whatever it is, he had seven assists in one game. (laughs) Seven assists. Okay, he had that three times in his life. Three times, seven assists, all with the Edmonton Oilers. Three times in six years. The first time somebody did that, seven assists in one game, was in 1947. It was a player named Billy Taylor who played for the Detroit Red Wings. Then Gretzky, then no one. Okay, no one. That's it. That's the list. Hmm. Those two people, Billy Taylor, who you don't know, and Wayne Gretzky, and this is why they call him the great one. All right? I understand Bob Ryan thinks Bobby Orr is the greatest hockey player of all time. Yes. I love Bob Ryan. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky is the greatest hockey player of all time. Okay? He does this three different times. Nobody else has done this. As I'm writing the Annie, um, Daniel Light gives me the information that in the last 25 years, 
Two people have had six assists in one game. One is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh oh, sure, Penguins, yeah. and one is um, Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, and they're the only two in the last 25 years to get six, not seven, six. So I walk the dog in the morning. It's a nice morning, not like yesterday morning when it was raining and snowing and pitch black. <laughs> and it's nice this morning. And I get back to the house. And I turn on Sports Center in case something happened that I don't know about, which is likely because, believe me, when football's done and all there is is the NBA, I, I don't really watch much of that. And there's a crawl or, or in the lead, it says Connor McDavid gets six assists last night. Now, now this affects the Wayne Gretzky thing because Connor McDavid, who is the biggest individual star in hockey right now, he gets six. So he joins his teammate, Dreisaitl, and Latang as the only three people to get six in the last 25 years, not seven. Gretzky has seven, has it three times. So I don't know if this is going to change things, if, if Connor McDavid getting six elevates him into the show. Because if it elevates him on a slow day, and Wednesdays after football are slow days, yeah. if it elevates him into the show... The anniversary is gone. So I'm telling you people about the an- you people. I'm telling you people about the anniversary. And I'm going to tell you how it how it closed. Wayne Gretzky in his career. Now he's got the most goals and he's got the most assists. The most goals, second is Alexander Ovechkin now, who got another goal last night, who is chasing and may catch him. Yes. I mean, you know, he's not having a great year. I think he's got 14 goals so far this year. Halfway through the season, that's not a great year, but he could get hot in a hurry. He's the second greatest goal scorer of all time. So he's second. Gretzky has, what has he got, 900-something, 900 goals, 984, something like that? Whatever it is, he's got the most goals, but Ovechkin can see him from where Ovechkin is. Wayne Gretzky had 1,963 assists. That's just a number to you. The only way these numbers make any sense is on some sort of a comparative basis. So here's what I'll tell you for comparison purposes. The next guy, all time, all time, is Ron Francis. He's got 1,249. Wayne Gretzky is 714 assists ahead of the guy in second place. 714 assists clear of the second greatest assist person of all time. This doesn't happen in any other sport. It doesn't, it just doesn't happen. The only one you would say is Will got 100, Kobe got 81. But that's not as close. No. That's closer rather than this. 714 clear. And to give you a sense of context, Alexander Ovechkin has 686 assists in his whole career. And he's like 35 or 36 or 37 years old. There's not going to be much more of Alexander Ovechkin. So Alexander Ovechkin, excuse me, only needs 1,247 assists (laughs) to catch Wayne Gretzky. So if he catches him in goals, you can say he's the greatest goal scorer at all time, but don't you dare say he's the greatest player of all time. That's how far ahead Gretzky is of everybody. I remember when Gretzky was, you know, just coming up. and you He didn't would, even start in the NHL. He started in the WHA started with Cincinnati. Yeah. 
and but you would start to read this, you know, the stat line, you know, back when people would, you know, pour over these things in newspapers, and you would say his goal and assist totals would be absurdly, you'd be like, wait a minute, has he played the same amount of games or, you know, whatever, approximately? Because you'd have like 150 assists, the next closest would be like 30. I'm not a hockey guy. I can't tell you what makes a good hockey player. I've never understood hockey. It's a deep hole in my sports resume. But his numbers oh, are simply, they're unbelievable. He, there's no other conclusion but that he was the greatest puck handler of all time because he puts it on other people's sticks yeah. and they get goals and then that, and that would be enough. Except he has more goals than everybody else. And the, and the face of one of the greatest sports video games ever, uh, Gretzky 98 on oh, N64. Oh, is that sure. right? Yeah. yeah. So now he's a pal of Wilbon's. They play golf together. They belong to Scottsdale. They 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 play together. Wilbon Wilbon goes insane when Ryan says <laughs> that Bobby Orr is the greatest hockey player of all time because he knows Gretzky so well and likes Gretzky. Everybody likes Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Everybody likes Wayne Gretzky. So and he is also the father-in-law of Dustin Johnson. That's correct. You know, and I don't know. I don't know how he Big felt. Big live guy. I don't, is he? I don't, I don't know he how he the, felt about that. He was at the, uh, the tournament curious. in Vegas. Well, but that's also well, he wants to not see... far from his house. So. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he lives in, in Arizona. Uh, going back to your happies and, as you call them, your annies. Annie, how, much, how do you try and balance out a week relative to the year? I mean, it's easy to think about the cycle of the sports season. But how are you trying to figure out, like, uh, you know, what did you do yesterday? What did you do last week as you're trying to give some balance? Well, it's, it's up to most of it is up to Daniel, and he has three or four to choose from, and we consult about it. Like the other day, I ended up doing Marvin Gaye. Marvin Gaye singing the anthem, the greatest anthem ever, and I did it because I was there. Yeah. And I could speak to that personally. I mean, and Daniel knows that I want to do things that are not necessarily hardcore sports, and we want to be varied, you know, and sometimes... And then, like on birthdays, for example, Daniel will say it's this birthday and that birthday. And if he gets to a Chicago Cub or Chicago Bear, I go, no. Chicago Bull, no. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're Your not going to listen to Wilbon on this. We're not going to do it. He says, but it's Michael Jordan. I don't care. I don't care. We have enough Jordan. We have enough Jordan. We have enough Dick Buckus. We have, you know, we have enough of, of all of that. We have enough Fergie Jenkins. It's in the show too much, so we don't do anything. There's a bit of Chicago no in the show. Yes. We don't do unless I have to do it. And no talk about the draft except this year. Yeah, well, last year too, because <laughs> oh, they that's had the right. number one, and then they traded it. Yes, you know, and they they did all that stuff. So that's that's the little inside baseball on the Annie, and I thought I would tell you that. And we will take a break. Um, Louisa Thomas is going to join us when we return. She's a writer for the New Yorker, and we're going to talk about Taylor Swift. And I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius Read. Make life insurance part of your financial planning this year. Start shopping now with Policy Genius to find the right policy to protect your family. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind, so if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses while getting back on their feet. Luckily, Policy Genius helps you compare your options from top companies, and their team of licensed experts is on hand to help talk you through it. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year from a million dollars worth of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Save time and money, provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com 
or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And that's PolicyGenius.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Blue Nile Read. Let me ask you a question. When you're giving jewelry to someone, what's more exciting than seeing the look on their face when you pull out that unmistakable little box? Well, let me tell you now, if you're buying jewelry, there's no better place to do it than BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently great diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. When you're looking to give the best gift of all time, Blue Nile is the place to go with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase with 30-day returns and a diamond price match guarantee. If you have questions, Blue Nile's jewelry experts are on hand day and night via phone or chat. So if you have a question about what makes one diamond different from another, or you want suggestions for gifts at different budgets, Blue Nile's experts are there for you. You can't beat the ease and convenience of shopping with Blue Nile, which makes sense since they're the original online jeweler since 1999. I didn't know there was online in 1999. Apparently so. I guess. I guess. Go to BlueNile.com to find the perfect piece today. That's BlueNile.com. Blue Nile. Dot com. You're listening. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. I've been watching you for years. This is our friend Brett Whiskers from Indianapolis, who writes greetings from the land of Hoosiers, whatever those are. I wanted to share my new single with the show. It's coming out on Valentine's Day this year, which is today which is also my brother Vinny's birthday every year. I would think so. Every year. It's a lovely little duet I co-wrote and performed with another Indianapolis artist named Catherine Nagy. The track was produced and mixed by Doug Henthorne, all Indiana folks on this one. We think the tune would be perfectly placed in a Hallmark movie that involves the female lead moving back to her small town after her stint in the big city broke her heart in two. Most likely she'll bump into her old high school boyfriend at the nail store and sparks will fly. A gazebo <laughs> wedding will be the climax nobody saw coming as our lovebirds ride off into the sunset and wait. Isn't that every Hallmark movie plot? Yes, it is, as long as there's a gazebo. Anyhow, enjoy the song. Thanks for playing independent music. You can find it on all digital streaming platforms today. Again, it's called Honey, and it's by Brett Wiskins, and it plays in Louisa Thomas. And for those of you unfamiliar with Louisa Thomas, let me tell you this story. I understand at my age, I understand that Taylor Swift is important. I see that culturally she's a big deal, that she has these tours that make literally billions of dollars and uplift the economy in every single place where she is. I get that. I, I don't know anything about her music, but I thought we should talk about her, not with her music. So I thought, who are the two smartest people I know in the world who know about talking and writing? And they are David Remnick and Jeffrey Tubin. They're in their 60s, though. Yes, 10 years younger than I am. They don't know anything about Taylor Swift either. So Remnick said, get Louisa Thomas. She knows who Taylor Swift is. She writes sports for the New Yorker. So we've got Louisa. And I'll just start with this. That's the most watched Super Bowl ever. It's the most bet on Super Bowl ever. And I, it's hard for me to believe that Taylor Swift has no impact on this. So let's start with Taylor Swift's impact on, on something utterly out of her ballpark, football. It's the most watched U.S. show since the Apollo 11 moon landing in 1969. It's oh, bonkers. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, I mean, and, and to say that Taylor Swift has nothing to do with it uh, would be pretty naive. Certainly CBS thought Taylor Swift had something to do with it because they kept cutting over to her. Um, 
Taylor Swift has this kind of um, almost magical ability to connect um, with people and to connect people together. And now she's connecting people to the NFL. Um, yeah, she has a, a rabid fan base. And, uh, you know, it's one of the amazing things is that the people who love her not only love her, but also love everything that has to do with her. And now Travis Kelsey has to do with her and the NFL has to do with her. And female viewership uh, is up about 9% this year for the NFL. So, that this you know, is, good on them. It's amazing to me that it's, it's this person who was known primarily for singing and writing and performing, nothing to do with sports. And CBS, of course, a- any network would be crazy not to show her sitting there and because and she's so demonstrative whenever the Chiefs do anything good or bad. But th- is, her, is her reach that strong that just by going to the games, her followers like football? Uh, they like Taylor Swift and they like football as long as Taylor Swift likes football. I mean, I would, if I were the NFL, I would be a little bit nervous. She has a, uh, a long track record of, of breakups. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Um, and I would be a little bit nervous about what happens if, um, you know, if Travis and Taylor ever hit the rocks because um, her, her fans are intense as we know. Um, and there's a lot of love, but um, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be, um, Roger Goodell, like kind of tracking the tea leaves of, of that relationship. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because she's not like any other pop star. Um, obviously, she's not like any other pop star. She is, um, she's one of one. And um, and her fans, it's interesting because they not only, I don't, I don't know if they like football or not fo- like football, but they are engaging with football. I mean, there are all these kind of great, like, uh, you know, TikToks and explainers and primers about not only, you know, everything having to do with Taylor Swift, but like how to, you know, what is a, what is a down, you know, like what's a safety? Um, they're sort of like all getting into it because that's part of, that's part of the thing. That's part of, that's part of why you, why you sign up, um, you know, to be one of her, to be a Swifty. Um, it's a kind of immersive experience. I should tell people that you know all about football um, and all about sports, but the football part in detail comes from the fact that your hubby played in the NFL, right? He did. Although I like to think I knew something about football. Well, no, I'm not. Yeah, but but the really intricate matters. In other words, you could probably sit down and watch tape. You know, you could watch Eleven on Eleven, the special tape that the coaches watch, and you would understand that, right? I wouldn't. Well, what I actually, what's really kind of amazing, and, and, you know, I was watching the Super Bowl with him, um, or at least the end of the Super Bowl with him, you know, it's, it's always amazing to me what he notices, because he notices things that I, and a lot of what he notices is, it's, you know, he's like, you know, annoyed about this, like, you know, cover zero or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, seriously, he gets very kind of annoyed um, when he sees this is bad decisions, which are, are generally bad decisions. Um, but at the same time, he picks up on a lot of, like, um, you know, situational things that I don't pick up on. I mean, I remember, um, you know, he knows when a player, he really knows, we all know when a, like, a player should get out of bounds, but he knows when a player shouldn't score. You know, he knows clock management, you know, things like that. Like, that's what's fun to, to watch with him. It's, um, you know, not just like, 
you know, various schemes or whatever, but also just these like small little moments where he's like, ooh, and you're like, what, what, what? Tell me. <laughs> it's so great. Wilbon should watch a game with him because Wilbon hates all of that stuff. <laughs> hates all of it. Hates all analytics. It takes the anti-intellectual position on everything. Let me get back to Taylor Swift <clears throat> because you said, Louisa, that maybe there's nobody else like her. I had written this down and I just sort of wondered, and I, I did it with, with women because I just thought if you're going to talk about Taylor Swift and her effect, you, have to, you can't talk about a man. You have to talk about a woman. And I wrote down maybe Beyonce or maybe Michelle Obama. And that's all I could come up with. And, and they don't fit, right? They, they, don't, they would not have this intense influence upon the people that like them. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good list. It does really end there, pretty much. Um, but I mean... But exactly, like part of part of her following, there's this, you know, there, there's this beehive. I mean, like the Beyonce has a very, very strong following of people who are very, um, you know, who feel close to her. Right. I mean, it's a kind of really like empathetic, intense connection. I mean, much the way sports fans are, honestly, you know, sports fans talk about like we scored, you know, <laughs> our record or whatever. I mean, they sort of like consider themselves dress up like a part of the team, you know, on any given Sunday. Um, and, and there's a little bit of that to, to Taylor Swift um, fan. There's a lot of that actually to Taylor Swift fandom, but it's an even more intense connection because it's a personal connection, is, and people connect with her in this kind of like, it, you know, it's some sort sort of like almost like identity driven way. So th- that I guess I should get to this. Do you think Goodell? Do you think Roger Goodell has talked to her? Do you think he's trying to mine this to figure out how to do it again if and when she leaves? the Chiefs and leaves the Chiefs <laughs> Hall of Fame tight end. Is there a lesson here for the NFL in terms of marketing, or is this just a one-off with, with just an incredible coincidence? Well, I mean, I think the challenge, I mean, I, do I think that Roger Goodell is talked to her? I, I have no idea. I mean, I, everybody, every celebrity in the world was coming over to her suite to pay respect. Paul McCartney was there, you know. Um, Lana Del Rey, you know, I mean, I, I think that she has an orbit that is, is wider than we could possibly imagine. But um, I also think that their challenge is not to to replicate this, because I don't think you can replicate it. I think it, it's to keep the female fans who have come, like to convince right. them they're actually there to watch football and not to watch Taylor Swift. And, you know, I think that's possible because football is such an entertainment spectacle. It's such a TV spectacle and there's so many feelings, big emotions and drama. And, you know, there's a reason that there's a reason that like what, like, you know, 90 or 95 or whatever of a, the top hundred TV broadcasts pro football. Are, are football games. Yeah. Pro football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me get, let me get a little bit far afield here. Cause I'm always fascinated by this, that the followers of Donald Trump seem to distrust both Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. It's been suggested to me, that in Kelsey's position, it's because he's been up front saying that he took vaccines and, and that they actually, they actually believe that Taylor Swift is a paid agent of the government. Is, is, this, is this current thinking or is this just crazy talk? Um, well, you're using thinking. <laughs> thinking is a big word. Right. You're talking about like a certain fringe element, which is growing um, exponentially um, by the day. But... Um, yeah, uh, Travis Kelsey actually sponsors Pfizer, so not only has been kind of pro-vaccine, but um, is the face of that. So that's where part of that is coming from. Um, and, you know, Swift is, 
known to be a, a Democrat um, right. and has taken a kind of increasingly um, political turn post-Trump. Although, again, like, you know, it's sort of hard to know because her her power is has to be exaggerated on the one hand because, you know, she she, um, you know, endorsed a Democratic uh, candidate for um, governor of Tennessee and he lost by handily. You know, it's not like she's all powerful. On the other hand, you know, she's more powerful than she was then. And, and you know, she did a little like get out the vote um, message and, you know, I don't know, tens of thousands of, of young people registered to vote. So in an election where the margins are going to probably be very fine, you know, could Taylor Swift swing it? I mean, a lot of things could swing it. So this is um, th- this is interesting to me because there's a there's a quote repeated for 20 years now from Michael Jordan. And when he was asked why didn't he endorse a particular candidate, he said Republicans buy sneakers too. And he got blasted for that. And the older that I get, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily blast him. I mean, because I just thought, stay in your own lane every once in a while. And you can have an opinion, but if it's not a strong opinion and your opinion is to protect your economics, you know, and your sneakers, then that's okay. People, do people expect Taylor Swift to endorse people or, or is that sort of gravy? Does she do it? She did it once, you said. Does she do it all the time? I don't think she does it all the time. I mean, right. she's been an outspoken, you know, proponent of LGBTQ. Yeah. I mean, uh, inclusivity in general. Um, and I think people can expect, you know, she's a, a kind of an icon of female empowerment. You know, people people can read that pretty easily. Um, I, I don't think she's like an overtly political person. Um, I know the the Biden camp, I'm sure, is wants her to endorse. But at the same time, like, yeah, it is crazy talk. It's absolutely crazy talk. I mean, the Pentagon issued a statement to Politico <laughs> denying that she was a political psyop. I mean, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. But, you know, if the Democrats are smart, I guess they will, like, point that out. Because, you know, on the face of it, like, the the American football, like, beefy, red-blooded guy with America's, like, biggest pop star is a sort of traditional conservative, you know, fever dream. <laughs> You know, she'd, she'd been with these kind of like moody British indie rockers, you know, didn't work out. And then she comes home and finds like the Midwestern corn fed, you know, football player. Like it's just out of a, you know, it's out of a movie. It's a rom-com. That's yeah, great. Except that somewhere down the road, it's not going to work. She's going to write a song. <laughs> He's going to be buried. So it's, you know, because she's so much bigger than he is. Uh, I'll get you out of here on this. You told me the other day that. You played against my daughter in softball in high school. I just want to know who won. I just who won. <laughs> pretty sure we were bad. I'm pretty sure Murray won. Well, that's good to know. There's a lot of tuition money going into that, so I'm happy. Thank you, Louisa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Louisa Thomas, boys and girls. Uh, we will take a break. Steve Sands will join us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a butcher box read, and they send over copy, and they say, for example, of the following, which is the most essential protein to have stocked in the fridge or the freezer for meal prep? And they give you chicken, ground beef, and steak tips. So, so I, I have all three. Now, if you ask me which I enjoy grilling the most, I will tell you the chicken. Chicken. I enjoy grilling chicken more than anything else because there are a variety of things that I may put on it one day and not the next. And, and chicken, to me is a cleaner canvas than anything else. I mean, I, I, I make hamburgers. Well, you don't get tired of the chicken. No, I don't. I make hamburgers, 
and I make steak and I make pork chops and I do all of those so things. So meal prep is this term that you've been doing forever. You just never had a name for it. Right. So this is all about working smarter, not necessarily harder. So if you have a couple of pounds of chicken thighs in your freezer and you take them out and you, you know, you defrost them appropriately the night before, you can have uh, chicken all week long. And, and so for you, you tend to like what would be called an Italian marinade, a Speedy's marinade. So yes, you could, I do. you could after PTI, uh, take your chicken, which has been marinating in that in your for a day or bag two. for, you know, half a day or so, uh, that'll get you two meals, but you've already done a lot of the prep work in that you've prepped veggies the day before you have your letters, lettuce wash. So you have these quick, uh, ready to go weeknight dinners. Yeah, and I'm and I'm happy to grill. And we've been very fortunate in recent days in Washington that at the nighttime temperature is really in the mid 30s, and so you go out there and you grill, and and everything is fine. And I I mean, meats for me, you apply, and this is just me. I'm not good at this. Michael is much better. Michael thinks through the menu better than I do. I get ready to cook, and I put on some sort of condiment on the top and meat, and then I cook. And the most important thing for me is timing. You know, how, much, how many minutes I put on, when I go out and turn it, stuff like that. Sure. Chicken is more expansive in terms of cooking. Well, there you're... are more varieties of things you can put on. And you can put on things in each piece of chicken. I mean, you can... You don't Individualize have to, it. Yeah, yeah, you can change it up. Right. And so for you, this is the time of year where it could change five to 10 degrees from when you get the grill lit to yeah. when you're actually done cooking. Yeah. So your normal timing could be entirely thrown off. And if you have those boneless chicken thighs, it's a much more forgiving piece of meat and you can go 15, 20 degrees over. It's yeah. still going to be juicy. In fact, it'll get more of those crusty bits that we tend to like. Uh, so for you, I would, I would encourage you to try some teriyaki style flavors this is going to push you out of your comfort zone i know yes. normally you're going for a classic barbecue or these uh you know th this italian speedy marinade there's one flavor or profile out pit. there yeah open but you cross that over an open fire <laughs> uh there's a dressing out there a marinade called bachans which is they call it a japanese barbecue sauce it has a it has a similar profile to teriyaki you might not like that it has a little bit of ginger that comes through it. But if you're prepping some of those fajita veg, so for you, you always have a red pepper cut up. I do. You get some onions. onions. If you yeah. put that on the grill, that'll take high heat along with that chicken. And then you can just add that to a salad, to a bowl. If you have some uh, rice in your freezer, you're good to go. A pokey bowl. Pokey. I've learned this term. Pokey bowl. Named after Pokey Reese, I believe, right? It might be, or Pokemon. I don't know. <laughs> Gotta the catch key to all. becoming a meal prep master like Michael, staying stocked up on the essentials. ButcherBox is here to help you do that. They're offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal must-have of either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year, plus... Get $20 off your first order. So sign up today hmm. at butcherbox.com slash Tony. Use the code Tony, people. Use the code. Choose your free offer and get $20 off. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Grammarly Read. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. And now Grammarly helps you do even more. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with suggestions based on your context and goals. So you can improve productivity for you and your teams. When you're stuck with writing at work, Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines, even tips. Need to polish your writing? Grammarly can help paraphrase and rewrite to be more concise instantly. Simply select the text you want to rewrite and give Grammarly a prompt like improve it or short, improve it. 
That's the prompt. <laughs> Improve it. Make it better. Make it better. Make it better. Big presentation coming up. Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. And the best part is it's free to use. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. Not personalized, very general. They don't care if it's me or somebody else. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. One more time, Indiana's own Brett Whiskins. This is called French Cafe Inside a Dream. He's very good. He really we played is. his stuff for years, right? Yeah, we love Brett. He's very, very talented. Michael, if people like Brett want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. Wondering if Sanzi might be able to pick you up one of those new Sunday Red camo hoodies. Well, we're going to talk about Sunday Red. Three words, thank you very yeah. much. But first with Steve Sands, we're going to talk about the drunken mess <laughs> that was the Waste Management Open. What, what did you were there? <clears throat> you were there when they cut off beer sales, when they stopped letting people in the gates. What, when you guys were talking about it, what did you think was going on? Yeah, but the beer kept flowing in the booth, Tony. Oh, that's great. good to know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they, they don't, they don't, they don't turn the taps off in the booth while we're walking. Oh, man, it was wild. You know, it's always wild. You know that. Everybody knows uh, what the Waste Management Phoenix Open is now, the WM Phoenix Open. Um, I don't know. There were there were so many people there on Saturday. Uh, they had to close the gates. They had to close, um, you know, the liquor sales, the booth sales, that kind of stuff. And, and it just got out of control. The players started getting angry at the fans. Yes. You never want to see that. You never want to see that. Billy Horschel. Uh, yes, I've seen it. I mean, pros, pros, too. And Billy Horschel and Zach Johnson are, you know, long-time pros, FedEx Cup champion, multiple major winner. I mean, you're talking about, you know, guys who've been around a long, long time. For them to start screaming at fans, it was crazy. There was a lot of things that led up to it. Bad weather Thursday and Friday. Uh, ticket, you know, people who had tickets didn't get to go Thursday, Friday, so they came on Saturday. It just got out of hand. It was, it was wild. It's too bad because the people who run that event, Tony, they're great, great people. They do a lot of good in that community. Uh, the, but the place got out of control on Saturday. Yeah, this is so to me. That had that tournament has been advertised for years as the world's biggest party. They constructed um, stands that hold almost twenty thousand people around number sixteen. To me, they encouraged this kind of behavior. Do you think I'm wrong? I don't think they encouraged that particular kind of behavior. I think that they are encouraging people to come out and have a great time. It has gotten out of control. Right. Um, and they know that. And they, they're going to fix that. They, they, they run an amazing event, and they have an incredible amount of people on the property each day. This particular week on Saturday, it just was bananas. And the, the weather, the schedule, everything kind of came together. And then you put in social media, and then you throw in all the alcohol and all the things. People need to understand. When those kids are running, I mean kids, you know, whoever they are, college kids or kids in their 20s when they're coming out there, they line up at 1 a.m. and they're just drinking and staying up all night. Really? And then they open the gates and then they run in and they have a good time. 
this particular year, though, Tony, it was it, it got out of control, and they know that. They were not promoting that type of baby. They're promoting fun, but not not that type of baby. So I don't know how this works. Waste management sponsors the tournament. Yeah, <clears throat> they're the title of the tournament. Do they bear responsibility for this, or they're not the organizers of the tournament? And where is the PGA Tour on what happened and what people saw? on social media, drunken louts just sliding all over the place. I'm, I'm not saying they represent the majority of people, but those pictures are pretty damning. Well, I was listening to your show on Monday. I was laughing out loud that you think that the WM logo is the ugliest oh, logo. Hideous. All of hideous. <laughs> beyond words. Come on. What, you don't like the color green? Green, yellow, waste management. <laughs> Please. That's why they run away from that in the title. And they want to call it the WM. They, they, they don't want. They don't want to. They do. They, they right. change the logo. They change <laughs> the whole concept. Um, all right. So anyway, I don't know, Tony. I mean, the, here's how it works. The, you have the sponsor who pays for you know the freight. You have the people who are running the event locally, and then you have the umbrella that is the tour. Yeah. Ultim- ultimately, it's the local organizers each week who run the event. Yes, it's a PGA Tour event, but. The Thunderbirds are the you know philanthropic uh, group out in the Scottsdale area that runs that event. The guy who is in charge of the actual tournament, the executive director, is a great guy. His name is Chance Cosby. They run a fabulous event. They're the ones in charge. But they also have to adhere to the rules and the laws that the city of Scottsdale allows. Say the fire marshal says there's too many people, let's close the gates, or there's too many people walking around, it's getting dangerous, that type of thing. And then the tour is the one who is allowing the Thunderbirds to run the event the way they want because it's always been such a fabulous PGA Tour event. It just got out of control this year, and I think they're going to make some adjustments. But ultimately, the Thunderbirds, the local organizing committee, uh, in Scottsdale, they're the ones who run that event. I think that Wilbon's friend Robbie Petty is very active in that because Wilbon oh, yeah. knew exactly what had happened. I just wonder, can you put the genie back in the bottle? I mean, because the Saudi tour, I'm not saying they encourage that exact same, exact same kind of behavior where they throw beer cans and stuff like that, but they want music and they want you to have a better time and they don't necessarily want you to be quiet all the time. And I'm not certain, Steve, that that won't be the face of golf going forward that, that it'll be a little bit noisier, that, you know, it's not going to be as genteel as it once was, right? Boy, it didn't take John Rom long to start yelling at people to turn down the music and the cell phones. <laughs> it was only right. weeks into his live uh, career before he actually, you know, became John Rom again. I actually gained a little more respect for him last week uh, when he told the fans to shut up. I thought that was, you know, that's, that's John Rom. That's what, one of the reasons that makes him so great. Here's, here's the thing, Tony. And, and I don't know if you agree or disagree with this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Golf wants to be more mainstream. And what comes with trying to be more mainstream, and the reason they want to be more mainstream is very obvious. To quote a very good friend of mine, they answered all your questions. This is money. Okay? So the revenue rises when you become more mainstream, and that's the avenue, uh, the avenues, uh, that the PGA Tour has decided to go in. And, and that's fine. But you need to understand what comes with that. A, more mainstream sports fans. And more mainstream sports fans, not particularly just golf fans, are going to act like sports fans at a golf event. That's the first thing. The other is 
if you're going to open up a sport to gambling, then you're going to have a certain type of reaction when one person makes or misses and the other person makes or misses. Yes, yes. And if you've got, if yes. you've been, if you've got nine beers in you, Tony, and it's four thirty in the afternoon, and you've got fifty dollars on Nick Taylor, and not on Charlie Hoffman. Well, when Charlie Hoffman has a one-shot lead and he's on the tee, are you apt to perhaps maybe yell in his backswing when you've got 50 on Nick Taylor to win? That stuff's going to happen in golf because you've invited it in. In my opinion, I have no problem with all of these things that golf is trying to do. Be more mainstream, get gambling involved, I understand all that. But recognize what comes with that, and this is the type of thing that's going to come with it. I agree with you. I don't think you can put the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, Yeah, that's where I am. Let me shift gears here, because now it's the Genesis tournament at Riviera, and Tiger is the sponsor of this. Tiger unveiled his new clothing yesterday with his new logo, three words, sun, day, red. I thought the logo was hideous. I said this on PTI (laughs) yesterday. I said it was skeletal and predatory, and I just said it was just awful. And it looked like the Slazenger animal had become emaciated and starved to death and was now prowling for food. What are your thoughts, Steve? <laughs> well, that would be the reason why you're one of the great scribes of all time. <laughs> I would never have thought to describe it that way. You know, look, I think it's just going to look weird because certain people dress a certain way and have certain logos and it just looks right. And all the, you know, the swoosh and the TW, that whole thing, for years, it just kind of morphed itself into being, you know, his label and the way it looked, and that's the way he's supposed to look. I think it's going to look really strange yeah. uh, when we see him for the first time uh, in his sun day, Red. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, are people going to buy that stuff? Do people buy, you know, golf clothes because of other people? I, I don't. I don't know how that works. Shoes, it's not like the NBA where kids are wearing shoes because their favorite players wearing them, are they? I don't know. Do people walk around walking around in Tiger Woods gear? What I noticed with this, I don't know if this was a prototype or this is going to be everything, but the words and the logo were at the, the middle of the chest underneath the bottom button, not on the side. Is is that what it's going to be? Yeah. I I think that's the look they're going for. Wow. We'll find out this Sunday. I I don't know. It's a to me it looks very strange. But I, what do I know? I'm an old man. I'm older than you, and it looks like <laughs> skeletal and predatory. It's, it's easier to accept the the casual line versus the golf specific. So when you think about Tiger wearing yes. that very tight fitting gray crew neck sweater or the mock turtle, it's impossible to see those without the swoosh. But when you see the hoodies and sort of the you know the more the casual hat, it looks it just sort of looks like. Uh, at leisure at that point, not golf wear for Tig- Tiger. Yeah, I think you'll I be agree. talking about it. Or you'll be talking oh, about it, right? Oh, are you kidding? Of course <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Uh, I mean, if he's there on Sunday and he's in our window, our TV window, and we're talking about it, we're going to be talking about him anyway. But if we see him, oh, for sure, people are going to have something to say. I can promise Remember, you. skeletal and predatory. These are the words to describe that favorite? animal. Will you do me a favor? I, I, I'll rewatch PTI, but will you do me a favor and text me those words and maybe I'll just, you know, plagiarize the verbal. You should do it. No, we, we did it for the Sports Center segment. We didn't even have it in our show. We did oh, it in the late thing. By the way, when you sit in the booth and you watch the Super, Super Bowl's on, the golf tournament was still on 
while the Super Bowl was on. You talk about the Super Bowl, as everybody does. Does anybody yeah. say, couldn't Taylor Swift have dated a golfer? Wouldn't that have been better? <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be amazing. I, the, the Taylor Swift effect is, is real. I, people can joke about it all they wish, but I mean, it's real. There's no doubt about it. I'm not saying that's the reason 123 million people watched the game the other day, making it the highest rated show ever you know, since the moon landing. But I, I uh, there's no question if she would be dating. Remember when Lindsey Vaughn dated Tiger Woods? Yes. Okay. Th- there was an effect there. I'm serious. Like people who are, you know, Lindsey Vaughn ski fanatics, clearly not as large as Taylor Swift. Right. They were like, hey, maybe she's going to be at the event, and the ratings were spiking. There's no question that kind of stuff matters in these types of things. But if Taylor Swift was walking around last week at the WM Phoenix Open, she may have been, you know, may have been a little unhappy with the crowds there. I would imagine so. By the way, just one last thing. As yeah. I watched a lot of that tournament, and the story should have been Charlie Hoffman winning for the – People that have yeah. sponsored him for X amount of years. How did Nick Taylor catch him? It was three shots. How did he catch him? He's so good. Here's why. First of all, he's so good. Second of all, he birdied five of his last six. He birdied the 18th hole in regulation and then twice in the playoff. I mean, not, not a par to win. A, a birdie to get in and then a birdie to advance and then a birdie to win it, which is remarkable. 15, 16, and 17, I'm sure Michael uh, agrees with me on this. 15 is a reachable par 5 over water. 16 is a zoo. Everybody knows that. Great par 3, but it's a short par 3. And 17 is a reachable par 4, water to the left, anywhere from 2 to 6 or 7 in play on that hole. And 18's become a really good hole because now these guys hit it so far, you know, they, some of them can hit a flip wedge in, but if you don't hit the drive correctly, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. To me, it's the ultimate finish uh, with the Players' Championship 16, 17, and 18, and this one 15 through 18, two best finishes on the PGA Tour in a regular uh, setting there. And to me, when you have a President's Cup or a Ryder Cup there, I think it'd be amazing. I wish they would do that because it's an amazing finish. And Taylor was so good coming down the stretch, Tony. Charlie Huffman walked off the golf course. He had a three-shot lead. He, yeah, he won. He won, as yeah. far as I, I thought. It was, it was over. It was, yeah. Literally, it was over. But Taylor just came and made some serious putts. My goodness. And, and he snatched it away from Charlie. Everybody was rooting for Charlie out there. Everybody knows his affiliation with the tournament, sure. Tony. Sure. Everybody knows he's a longtime PGA Tour event, 47 years of age, would have become the second oldest player to ever win that event. The only one who would have been older? Is a guy he lost to in a playoff in 2009, Kenny Perry, who was 48 years of age. So there was a lot of karma there. It didn't end correctly for those who were rooting for Charlie, but Nick is a really, really good guy and a deserving champion. That's good to know. Thank you, Steve. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Tony. Be good. Steve Sands, boys and girls. We will take a break. We have email and jingle when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Is the Indochino read. Nothing feels quite like giving the perfect gift, and no gift fits more perfectly than an Indochino suit. You have these suits. I do. They fit I, you perfectly. They do. Michaels um, doesn't fit him perfectly. Well, it's because he did the measurements during the Reds while watching the Red Zone, correct? Of course. Yeah. Aspirational suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, they fit you perfectly. 
in general. Uh, you can you can measure yourself with a rope and a yardstick. You can go to one of the tailors, design the suit any way you like. That's right. It's very inexpensive, and you look fantastic. Choose your own cut, fabric, lining, and more to create the suit of your dreams at a surprisingly affordable price. Give an Indochino gift card for that perfect fit gift, or use the code TonyK at Indochino.com to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. We're sitting here with people who have these suits. This is an endorsed read. Indochino makes getting measured easy. Set up your measurement profile in less than 10 minutes. Measure yourself from the comfort of your home. Don't do it watching the red zone. Or make an appointment in one of their showrooms. With new colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles, it's easy to create your next look. Choose the customizations you want from buttons and vents to pockets and lapels. Select your styles. They will build it. They also offer, besides suits, blazers, pants, skirts, outerwear, and more. Give a perfect fit gift with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. Use the code TONYK to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com, with the code TONYK. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. I'm wet, and Jeremy Vint is singing to me. How can that be? How about that? That's tremendous. Yes. Well Once done, Once again, Jeremy. we're all wet, and we're being serenaded. <laughs> That's new. Yes, it is. Thank oh, you, Jeremy. Fabulous. Not going the rotation. That's just great. Uh, you want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, Cupid, draw back your bow and let your arrow go straight to my lover's heart for me. For me. Cupid, please hear my cry and let your arrow fly straight to my lover's heart for me. That's the original person for whom the phrase the late great was. Yes. It was the late great Sam Cooke. And he was And everybody great. says the late great Sam Cooke, no matter when they <laughs> refer to Sam Cooke. He's yeah. the late great Sam Cooke. Thanks to our guest today, Louisa Thomas. That was lovely. Steve Sands. Thanks to our sponsors. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. Get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Started singing that last night to the kids, and Henry reminded me, uh, Cupid is not real, because he was told at school, if Cupid hits you with an arrow, you fall in love. Yes. Yes. How does he know he's not real? Oh, we, not well, real? we were just talking about different kinds of love, but yes, started singing that. Hadn't thought about it in years. <laughs> um, from Ruck at the Soviet Safeway. It sounds like you have glue traps. They're great at catching mice and other insects like crickets. Or like at my mother-in-law, his, uh, my two-year-old nephew. If you do happen to catch one of the grandkids, vegetable oil is how you get the trap off your grandkid before Michael sees it. Get a picture so you can have a good laugh later. <laughs> From Alex Lau. I'd let him hang out for a little while. In New York, in your recent discussion about I-95, you mentioned that most people, when they got to America, went north or south on I-95. <laughs> and some went west on Route 66. However, you failed to mention what both of our ancestors did, which was get off the boat, 
drop their things and say, yeah, this works, before slowly making their way back closer to their homeland by going east onto Long Island, as though they weren't sure this whole America thing would work out and wanted an easy escape route. <laughs> From Dina in Damascus, Chuck and Roxy number 53. Mm. I know how Wilbon makes fun of the DMV for how poorly we handle a snow event. I'm currently in Phoenix, well actually Scottsdale. They can't handle rain. No, Ooh. they can't, well they rarely get it. <laughs> yes. Um, dear Tony, so I'm sitting in LA in my daughter's house alone watching golf Friday afternoon, and all of a sudden the couch starts shaking, and the French doors out to the back start rattling. And let me tell you, you have never, you never having experienced one, it gets your heart pumping. It only lasted a few seconds. Luckily, no damage. By, by the way, got home by 2.30 so I could catch PTI regards DG. Yeah, I, I have some small familiarity with earthquakes. Have you? You know, yeah. You can call Uncle Big Al and ask him about it if you want. Yeah, I got, yeah, DG, I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're good. From Laura Radman. Let me start off by saying I'm not your biggest fan. However, I have reason to believe I'm married to him. I met Jason at Colorado State University, go Rams in 2004. After classes, I'd go back to his house and pardon the interruption would be on right after Around the Horn. Without fail and before TiVo, Jason would watch every single day. PTI took the place of Saved by the Bell as my new after-school special. You and Michael became more recognizable to me than any of my college professors. Our relationship continued and so did the accumulation of half-hour time blocks watching your show. I soon learned you were a Binghamton University alumni, as was my father from the geology department, and we called it rocks. You taking rocks this year? Geology department circa late 70s. I was always perked up at your mention of the Triple Cities area as both of my parents were born at Wilson Hospital and raised just outside Binghamton and Appalachian. I know it well. In 2009, when the uh, Bearcats went to the big dance, I shared in your and my father's excitement for those few days. And for the first time, I was excited to watch PTI to hear what your insights were and what small yet significant Triple Cities reference you would make. And by this time, Jason had traveled back to Appalachian and was catching the same name drops and the mentions of the elusive Speedy. Uh, you know, Speedy. Just got the Speedy sauce the other day from Lupo's. Good day. Fast forward Ready 15 for the years, I'm still tuning in sporadically <laughs> whilst every show is being recorded, and Jason has added your podcast into his weekly queue. Jason sends me your latest podcast via text and tells me to listen in at 1049 minutes when you mention the legendary Lupo's sauce. We always bring a bottle back with us to Fort Collins, Colorado, where we first met, and now with our two boys, Jackson and Asher, whom Jason has taught them to call you Uncle Tony when they see your face on the screen when they call home. But my speedies, even with the lupose sauce, are never quite the same without the char pit, but I digress. I continue listening and there's mention of late sharkies and Pancho's pit, which Michael made fun of Pancho's pit. I did not make fun of it. Now, I, mentioned, <laughs> I never visited Pancho's pit. I mentioned before that both my parents grew up in the Triple Cities area and so did my very large Telfer branch of family tree from my dad's side. My second cousin once removed dad's once removes dad, started up a restaurant in the old Pancho's Pit location, now called Irish Kevin's. No apostrophe because both my cousin and his dad are named Kevin. While speedies are not permanently on the menu, they do make a special appearance once in a while. I'm partial to the pickled coins and Irish Kevin's Reuben, which is hands down the best Reuben I've ever had and even topped my must-haves list when visiting back home. Jason tends to get something different every time. It's all good. After all the upstate mentions, this one quite literally hit home. Hope someday you can make it over. It's certainly a Telfer family point of pride. If you're ever on Riverside Drive, and I know Riverside Drive very well because <laughs> I lived on it, maybe uh, after taking a wrong turn on the traffic circle somewhere between Johnson City and Binghamton, beyond it is another dimension, a dimension of sound, a dimension of sight, a dimension of mind. Twilight Zone, baby. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas, a parking lot of a Walgreens and a subway. 
You'll know you've made it when you see the flag of Ireland. So thanks, Uncle Tony, for representing your alma mater so well and for intertwining Jason's love of sports with my nostalgia for hometown food done right and for finally giving my husband a reason to text me with some random tidbit he heard and thought of me. Good night, Canada. Your second biggest fan, Laura Radden. How great is that? How great is that? From Don Fair in Studio City, California. This month, February 2024, I celebrate 20 years of NED. No evidence of disease from my first of three cancers. In 2004, I had surgery to remove a tumor following by six chemo treatments. While recovering from that, I discovered PTI. Sitting in a lounge chair every day, you two lifted joy spirits. And twice more since then, too. Add in the Kornheiser podcast, I'm forever grateful. My then-teenage daughter would watch the early PTI. She said, why did they yell at each other when they are saying the same thing? I told her they love each other. Thank you. From Steve the Sycophant, this Sunday, February 18th. Is that this Sunday? Yes? Yes, I believe it is. The Fairfax Wind Symphony, celebrating its 25th season, will give a 3 p.m. concert at Katherine Johnson Middle School in Fairfax, Virginia. Maestro Stan Schoonover will direct some outstanding music, including pieces by Leonard Bernstein and Shostakovich. Fellow little Charlie Burtz, director of the Katherine Johnson Middle School Band, will be with me in the trumpet section. Come one, come all. Admission is free, and Charlie and I are available from autographs and selfies afterwards at no charge. Steve the Sycophant, how cool is that? How about that? Okay, 3 p.m., Fairfax, Virginia, Katherine Johnson Middle School. Dan Goldring, New York City. I was lucky enough to attend the, attend the Super Bowl in Las Vegas this past Sunday. In the stands before the game, I saw a friend chatting with a couple of people, so I walked up to say hi. The friend introduced me to one of the others, Alan Bubis. <laughs> I looked right at him. And I said, the Alan Bubis, Tony's friend? He smiled, laughed, and said, oh, no, one of those. <laughs> I said, the cheesery, and we had a nice chat. Couldn't have been friendlier. Well, he's the best. He went with Maury yeah. and Nancy and Connie. That's a, that's a great. He's the hit. He's the attraction, <laughs> the socialite. How great is that? Uh, Catherine Bagley, Katie, Chagrin Falls, Ohio, showing a picture of, oh, of, of Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason, yes. in the box. Okay. Since you are the newest Swifty and Kelsey family fan, I wanted to update you on a particularly interesting fact about Kylie Kelsey during the Super Bowl. Despite being related to Travis through marriage to Jason, she refuses to even wear Chiefs clothing. <laughs> Kylie, a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan since birth, has directly stated she will cheer for Travis, but never wear a Chiefs jersey. Find attached a picture of Kylie in a Cincinnati Bearcat shirt <laughs> at the Super Bowl. Clearly, she does not share in Wilbon's Midwestern cheering beliefs. You have to respect that. Yeah, and, and Jason Kelsey is wearing a Chiefs thing. Yes, Jason had some interesting outfits the whole weekend. From Tony Beeson, and, uh, and it's a picture of Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid. Oh, Reed when he bumped into right Reid? Right before he pushed Andy Reid. And, and uh, Tony Beeson says what he says is, I said, I have a piano. That's funny. That's funny. John Barnett in Bloomington, Illinois. Long time, third time. I was up early doing my normal scan of news, and when I got to the AP homepage, first article I saw, Super Bowl 58 was the most watched show ever with, wait for it, 123.4 million viewers. One, two, three, point four. Oh, yeah. All I could think to myself is, got to tell Tony, this is what you have done to my life. <laughs> Sean in Queenstown, Maryland. I have to agree with the Monday email when it comes to Rehoboth Pizza. Ava's is great. I don't know where it is. It's another vote for Ava's. Let us let us know where it is. That's it. That's the list. The original location is in St. Michael's and the relatively new Rehoboth restaurant is just as good. They also have a buy one, get one free deal every Monday that can't be beat. Be sure to try the meatballs as an appetizer. Ava's meatballs are the best I've ever had, but please don't tell my Italian mother I said that. 
So we need to know where Avis is, and we need to be reminded on Monday <coughs> if they have buy one, get one free. Yes. Oh, it's right down. It's on Baltimore Avenue. Oh, so it's in the yeah, middle it's in of town. town. Oh, okay. yeah. There it is. All right. Here's one from Mark Hughes in Ashton, Maryland. Chuck and Roxy, episode 292. On Saturday, the woman I am related to by marriage and I were in Rehoboth, and we decided to try the pizza at Casa de Leo. We walked into the restaurant mid-afternoon. No other customers were present, and we sat at the bar. Here's what happened. Me. We're first-time customers. Heard some good things about your pizza on a podcast. Bartender. Which podcast? Me, Tony Kornheiser. Bartender. Never heard of him. <laughs> Me. He has a daily show on ESPN. Bartender. Sorry, I just don't know him. Now I know what Carville felt like. Me, he likes your pizza and was impressed that someone here delivered a replacement pizza to him when the pizza he took home was not what he ordered. Bartender, I'm glad it worked out, but I wasn't the one who straightened things out. Me, could we get a couple of slices? Bartender, they're $5, but you know they're really big, right? The slices arrived. They were delicious. Easily the best, the biggest pizza slices I've ever seen. Twice the size of grotto slices. Then as we were leaving the bar, leaving, the bartender tells us he's just spoken to his boss. The boss knows who Tony Kornheiser is, and in fact, he was the one who delivered the replacement pizza. The boss told the bartender that Tony Kornheiser was really big at ESPN. Kornheiser is national. It doesn't get bigger than national, does it? Well, I suppose international. <laughs> Thanks for the pizza review and all the laughs. We will be back to Casa de Leo. Isn't that nice? That is If nice. you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. That's Damon and Affleck and Brady and J-Lo. That's the best commercial there was. Yeah. At your peril. I've been watching you for years Juggle life with all that grace Here I stand in awe of you And I want to kiss your face Dance you around the kitchen Till the stars light up the space Then we'll both do some wishing While we're locked in our embrace It's true, honey, it's you Been going round in circles Trying to make my dreams come true And I don't know too much About this kind of stuff